Like Miles said, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't handle it. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Don't you think? Stephen, today we're talking courage. Actually, specifically, we're talking about, um, I think I, I texted you, not not to in, inflate the fragile ego of a writer, um, but I do think this is my favorite piece that you've done. It, it might be. It's up there for uh, the This is the Way substack. So when we were talking the other night about what we wanted to talk to for this episode of the Walk the Way podcast, episode three, um, we're talking about courage and specifically this piece that you wrote uh, called The Trickiness of Truth-Telling. Uh, Stephen, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be back uh, as we talk all things, I don't know, pop culture and uh, yeah, the virtues I, that we see from one Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Uh, yeah, so this was this was spurred on by the, the Knives Out movie, the, mm-hmm. the sequel, uh, in which Benoit Blanc is is hanging out on this island with all these other rich people or whatever in the company of Edward Norton. And he's hanging out with this social media influencer named Birdie, uh, played by what Gwyneth Paltrow. Is that who, Isn't it? Is no, that it's Kate one? Hudson. Kate uh, Hudson. Yeah, okay. But I do, those, I do remember. Those two are interchangeable in my <laughs> mind. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and... and um, uh, Kate Hudson are the same person. So, yeah, well, that's uh, well, there's Birdie, also a lot of overlap with the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this movie. Um, down oh, to, that's true. Down to Ed Norton, who I kind that's of true. think is sort of like he actually is Bruce Banner, <laughs> just years and years <laughs> into, uh, into maybe an alternate path. No, I, I, I just I love that movie, but it's it's this scene where Birdie is hanging out with Benoit Blanc and. Birdie is talking about how, you know, she's a truth teller, that she's been canceled online many times, you know, that she says things and does things. And then, you know, the sensitive internet mob comes after her. So she's kind of, she's kind of bragging about defying online pressure campaigns, which, you know, a lot of us, I think, can somewhat admire. We go, oh, gosh, I wish I were a, a little bit like that. Uh, and she goes, I'm a truth teller. You know, people can't handle it. And Benoit Blanc, uh, played by Daniel Craig, has a, has a great response to that. And he just says, hmm, it's a dangerous thing to, to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Mm. And she doesn't really like that. You know, the, the insinuation is that she might not always be a truth teller just because she speaks immediately and without thinking about her words. All right, two things, Stephen. First thing, uh, it is a great quote, and what I loved about it is that one. It immediately jumped out to me with the first time I watched the movie, uh, mm-hmm. and I was so glad when you wrote the piece. Like, oh yes, this is the moment to pick. Um, second thing, I'm really disappointed you didn't go full Foghorn Leghorn for the quote that you didn't do the full Daniel Craig <laughs> Benoit Blanc because th- listen, throughout this discussion, it's just a, it's not a matter of if at some point I'm going to drift into a terrible impression of Daniel Craig's terrible southern accent what are you it's waiting going, for it's going to happen but i don't feel like the moment's now we have to wait for the the moment has to be right it's very so it's early in the morning as we record this and it's too early to go straight on 
into Benoit. <laughs> well, know. the the whole thing the whole thing does just beg the question. You know, if she's a truth teller, she's uh, she's just you know not afraid to say stuff. And mm. um, you know, uh, I think a lot of people can look at Birdie in this context, and and I certainly do as someone who I, I envy just a little bit. I wish I were a little bit more vo- more verbose on the internet, but I I think about everything that I say and every potential audience, and I, I don't I don't seek to rub people the wrong way. Uh, mm-hmm. But I also really value truth. So Riley, what is courage in your mind? What does it mean yeah. to be courageous, to have courage? No, it, it's funny because the, um, I, th- I think it's a very profound question that's drawn from a, a, a film that is otherwise very over the top in its nature. Uh, it doesn't, on, on the surface level, the Knives Out films um, seem like sort of absurdist cultural commentary, but I think that's where the whole contrast of like, what is the difference between truth telling, telling the truth, speaking, or as the quote is like, uh, speaking the truth versus speaking without thought. Um, And it's interesting because those two things can also uh, interlock uh, as well. And I think we see a lot of that uh, online now, but like if you're, if we're talking about the definition of courage, uh, rather than me make a poor attempt at it, I think the um, C.S. Lewis quote that you used in the article is is perfect, which is, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point, which, uh, which means at the um, point of highest reality. Basically... Mm-hmm. And and that's a quote, by the way, from the Screw Tape Letters, which I think is my favorite C.S. Lewis book. Um, and and I think uh, in the context of the Screw Tape Letters, it's if if you're not familiar, it's it's basically C.S. Lewis um, writing a fictional book about essentially letters from the devil to one of his minions on how to corrupt mankind. And it's also done in kind of a tongue-in-cheek absurdist way, but there's a lot of wisdom there because C.S. Lewis was a was a um, I don't know. He I, he had, I think, a very deep understanding of um, both our our foibles and our virtues, the things that make uh, mankind capable of greatness, and the things and, and our greatest, most common stumbling blocks. And that's kind of the the theme of those letters, even though they're written in kind of an absurd way. It, it almost sort of has a feeling of sort of the reverse proverbs in the book of Proverbs. It's very much uh, about ancient wisdom on living well, written to, primarily to the idea of uh, how to make better decisions. Uh, and it's, it's kind of like the reverse of that, like how do we actually cause man to stumble? So I say all that to say, I think that that quote about courage is, is, really, is really true because in and of itself, bravery and courage are something that are kind of like um, shorthand in popular culture. So when we look at a lot of our heroes in films, we automatically think of them as as brave and they mm-hmm. demonstrate bravery. But actually thinking about what that means, it's it's each virtue at the testing point. I think that's a way of saying, are are, are you honorable when you're tested? Are are you truthful when you're tested? Um, are are you kind when you're tested? All of those are forms of courage. And I really like that definition because it sort of gives you um a guideline that gets away from, I think, the perception of courage being standing in the face of pressure. Because I think there are there are different ways to def- if you're if it's just about like taking a stand for what you believe in, um, that I think sells the virtue short. Yeah, well, and I, I think if you're you're talking about courage being 
the testing point for all the other virtues. Well, the other virtues, uh, uh, you know, both, it, well, the other virtues are wisdom, mm -hmm. justice, and temperance. Temperance is sort of a stand-in for discipline. So courage is when all of those other things are being put to the test in a, in a sense. And so it has to be for a higher virtuous purpose. So a line that you could maybe draw between courage and bravery is someone can be brave. They can have bravado. They can put mm. themselves in an unsafe, uncomfortable situation. They can stand up to people bigger than them, uh, but it might not always be for a good reason. So think about the Lion King and Simba and Nala. They are both very brave in the beginning of the movie as children. They venture out into the dark lands and they, they go and, you know, they, they, come across the hyenas. Uh, they come across the pack of hyenas and Simba puts on a cool face. Uh, he snarls and, and shows his teeth and he is legitimately uh, like keeping it together. He is being very brave. He's also being very stupid. Uh, those, hy <laughs> those hyenas, though, those hyenas can kill him. Uh, they can overpower him and Nala. And it was a, an entire outing that they did just for fun. And it was a very dangerous situation. Um, so there were no other virtues at play there. There was no discipline. There was no wisdom. Uh, and then his father shows up. Um, Mufasa shows up and he also faces the hyenas, a full-grown lion in defense of two cubs. Hmm. He does not want to be there. He is smart he also knows that hyenas can overpower a lion when they are working together. He could have been hurt or killed. Uh, and that was in defense of people who needed it. Hmm. He demonstrated wisdom. He demonstrated temperance and discipline. Uh, that was actual courage. When you are afraid, you know the stakes and you stand up anyways. That's a that's a really good differentiator. I never thought of that. That's a very profound look at the Lion King, which I, you know, to this day, probably one of the greatest of the 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 Disney Renaissance of the '90s, of which, of course, we're both squarely right in that perfect demographic of having grown up watched the. It's my culture, yeah. yeah. But it's I I wonder if um if the whole idea of courage versus bravado. I, I think the an important thing to discuss here is, um, I guess, the discussing the nuance of differentiating that because I think these are lines that are very easily blurred in especially online culture today. And I think the sort of shorthand, um, the, the, the shorthand, I think, unfortunate take from, from many on kind of regardless of your sort of personal or political beliefs the whole idea of cancel culture, I think that's the whole idea, the whole Ryan Johnson's, when he wrote the script, the whole idea of Birdie was sort of setting up this sort of extreme example of someone who very thoughtlessly just counters the mob and blames them for everything without any consideration of the actual positions or uh, that, that she's taken. And um, I don't know, I, I think that that's, that was a very, very poignant for me when I watched it because it just rang very true. Well, there are going to be a lot of social media influencers who have the attention and some of the admiration of our listeners out there. And, you know, we don't care about your, your political priors. Uh, you have, 
you have moderates in in your world you have kind of radicals and people who stir the pot everybody everybody has those people in their lives and on their side and it can be tempting to fall in with the person who is willing to say uh, the most extreme or outrageous thing and then and then you know watch the chips fall where they may uh, those people are simply I think changing the standards for what it means to have uh, a worthwhile thought. And all of us should be trying to shoot for the people who are doing like the hard work of picking words correctly uh, and being disciplined about what comes out of their mouth. Because I could just spout off things online in response to everything that comes my way. I could react to everything. But I actually try to think about it and then develop a viewpoint that I want to share. Because what happens in your mind is not necessarily always you. You hmm. are this, you and, and your truest self are this, this spirit, this soul who is internalizing a lot of information. Again, like you know, the devil on one shoulder, the angel on another. They're in discourse with one another, and then you're the funnel about what comes out. Uh, so just because you hear a voice in your head doesn't mean that it's true or that it is your truth. Hmm, that is that is a good illustration. Because I'm just thinking, Stephen, I don't know if you have these people in your life. I, I encounter this... Uh, I think it's a worldview without it. I think people who sort of say these sorts of things don't have a, don't realize that it's a worldview. And that is the whole idea of it's just me. That's just how I am. That's, that's just, you know, I don't have a filter guys. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just say it like it is. I, I just, you know, that these sorts of almost proudly declared um, lack of consideration to the way you present what you believe and i and i i think that that i don't know i i i have this almost visceral reaction when i hear somebody say that um i don't know oh they just say it like it is oh how brave <laughs> yeah you know there's um there's this online uh influencer who's getting a lot of discussion right now uh, uh -oh. by the name of of andrew andrew tate i knew uh, it was it was about to yeah. it was yeah. we we're gonna get there at some point was, we we're yeah. three episodes in but it's sort of like it's it's he's kind of an elephant in the room with a lot of the kind of stuff that we talk to because of the overlap of 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 the way he presents himself yeah uh, you were, you no, were saying you know, and Andrew Andrew Tate is a, a you know online uh, kind of misogynist. Well, he's not a, he's not just online. He has very real world, world consequences. But you know, he's a he's a misogynist who uh, you know really wants to see young men, his followers, kind of live the um, aviator sunglasses and convertible and collecting uh, women all around you lifestyle because mm -hmm. he thinks that's what it means to be a man. Um, and he promotes uh, promiscuity as being acceptable for men, but not for women. Uh, and he promotes uh, using and abusing women uh, if it is to the advantage of a man. And he has said in numerous occasions, I am simply saying things that men think, believe, and feel. And Which thanks for that, Andrew, by the way. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like men, like all human beings, they feel things that aren't always real 
and they feel things that aren't always good. Um, but you know, the issue is is not what feels good to you or what you believe. The issue is what is true. Because, <laughs> like, note that Andrew quote that uh, Andrew Tate quote: "Think, believe, and feel. None of those things have to do with what is true mm. or what is good." Um, and so this this whole idea that was put forward in, in Glass Onion in the dialogue between Bertie and Benoit Blanc is, you know, you actually have to search for truth. It requires searching inwardly and outwardly, and then the hard work of being a communicator. Uh, I am struggling talking about this right now, but I am slowing myself down intentionally yeah. so that I actually, I actually say words that I believe in. Because I will tell you, Riley, you and I are both podcasters. I've been doing this a long time. I've said a lot of things into this microphone that I don't believe. And it's not because I was lying or being inauthentic. It's because I was moving too quickly. <laughs> uh, well, that's a, you you know? a really good way to illustrate it because I, I think that's the very idea transparently. I, you know, I come back, you have um, a long uh, history of uh, Beltway Banthas uh, and being on air behind a microphone talking about Star Wars and politics. I have a a 12-year history of being behind a microphone and talking about just the Star Wars news of the day and, and being very intentionally non-political, which we are here too, by the way. But I think it's because we're talking about very uh, well, the whole idea of this podcast and Walk the Way is, is taking these very real controversial figures and real issues that... Um, I, I think that we confront today in culture in our own lives um, and, and, and applying the, the stories we love, that, that lens, that pop culture lens to it. And that kind of makes it a little scary. Like as I'm here, I, like, I don't really like saying, I don't really like identifying Andrew Tate on a microphone. <laughs> it feels weird to me as someone who's normally used to talking about like, well, guys, here's the latest breakdown of the Mandalorian episode. But at the same time, I think it's important to differentiate because if you're, I, I, I think that in a warped way, people perceive his, as we talked about, bravado or his stylistic approach uh, mm -hmm. to his 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 worldview that I think you accurately described. And the reason the reason that people ascribe truth telling and a willingness to say what everybody is thinking to people like Andrew Tate and to people like Birdie in the Glass Onion movie uh, is because of the the censorship that is in the culture. Uh, you know, cancel culture is a real thing. There is a real cloud right now online, in universities, in our workplaces, and on the streets of, of people feeling afraid that there is something in the water <laughs> uh, that, you know, that says that they are not allowed to say certain things. And if people feel that, mm. and that is mass, everybody is feeling it just a little bit. And, and you do feel it uh, from the political left to the political right. Uh, then the people who defy it and pretend like it has no power over them, mm. they are going to come across as courageous and they are going to come across as speaking the truth mm. because no one else will speak at all. Yeah. Uh, so when we have that culture of censoriousness, it makes it more deceptive when you're dealing with the people who have no control over their tongue. Which is why that we should encourage an open society of open discourse, yeah. So that the pe so that people who are measured, that 
people consider what they're saying too. <laughs> um, um, no, that's yeah. a, that's a, you said it far better than I th- I think I could have because I, uh, that 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 is the crux of the issue of of the contrast of exactly what the quote from Benoit Blanc is all about the whole idea of um, the difference between courage and bravado and I think the co- the cultural context we're in now and that's why we will talk about this kinds of stuff on what is otherwise a fairly uh, nerdy the Star Wars and Stoicism shtick that we have here. But like the reason I think it's important to layer in these real figures that are very controversial is because the, the cultural moment that we're in and you say it perfectly when like there's a reason um, his, his influence is so far reaching um, particularly, uh, uh, particularly to young men who um, make that mistake um, of of mistaking his bravado and his presentation and his lack of caring what anybody thinks, quote unquote, as mm-hmm. as admirable, and without really, I think, critically uh, critically analyzing um, what he's the the solutions that he's presenting. It's interesting because you always sort of have these types of. Uh, lightning rod political figures on the left or on the right. And usually they're diagnosing a problem and presenting a solution. And there's these concentric circles on like uh, the more effectively you diagnose a problem, the less people care about what your solution is. So if you're, Mm -hmm. if you yell really loudly uh, about uh, the, the cancel culture, quote unquote, um, you you can easily sort of just wrap up everybody who is upset about that, and then you know the things that you have to say about like the way men should live their lives. You're like, yeah, people don't don't think about it that much because I think most people innately have a sense of, um, at least hopefully do have have a sense of um, moral uh, discretion to think of the capability to think about the way that Andrew Tate encourages a man to live his life versus maybe the way C.S. Lewis would encourage a man to live his life. And that those are not the same thing and that those do not um, apply the same worldview. Um, and, and no matter how you feel about the world right now, regardless of what your political, personal, or cultural beliefs are, as, as, as clear as that red-blue dividing line is right now, it's uh, I, that critical thinking capability is but it's kind of on the receiving end as as on the speaking end. It, it applies for both the, your ability to communicate more effectively, and it applies to your ability to maybe have a filter and process what you're listening to, um, and and evaluate it crit- critically. I'm I'm thought of the, a quote of probably the greatest philosopher of our time, um, uh, Qui Gon Jinn, where he says, "The ability to speak does not make you intelligent." Oh, um, <laughs> mic drop. There you go. And that's the cap off. <laughs> now it is a, it is a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth and, and everyone listening, you know, this is a, this is a tough subject. You know, we're mm-hmm. searching here for uh, Aristotle's uh, golden mean, and that can be really, really hard to do. Uh, all we are asking of you is to aim higher and maybe if you are aiming higher, you will hit the right mark. Uh, you, you, every day is going to be different. There's going to be misses and imperfections. But if you are trying, mm. then you are in a better position than most people out there yeah. who are uh, who are looking. So. Yeah, 
I mean, that's that's what we're doing. We're trying here, but it's interesting. This is a it's this is a different. Transparently, this is a very different approach to um, podcasting. Certainly for me, maybe more so than you, Stephen. I, you know, I was just talking to you about my. I, I just got back from San Diego Comic Con, and it's it's it was fascinating. It was I had a blast that week, and I was helping out the the legal geeks uh, with some of their panels. They're always a blast. I love the fact that a series of circuit court judges and lawyers uh, can fill a room when they talk about like whether or not Indiana Jones and the dude from the beginning of Raiders had a legal contract uh, for whether or not they would exchange the idol for being rescued, you know, like these kinds of things. This is a great time. But man, it, it felt weird because it's the first time in four years since I've been to a convention and a lot has happened in culture in the last four years. And it's very reflected also in, um, in, in pop culture and at Comic-Con. And it was, it was the, it was a, it was a strange family reunion of sorts, um, but I'm I'm glad that we. I would I would much rather it, it kind of reinforced that weekend my desire to talk about the the meaning and impact these stories have had on me in in a much more transparent way. Although it feels weird, so we're also figuring this out here on Walk the Way, and I think we should probably cap off the show, Stephen, and talk a little bit about um, what the future looks like over the next few weeks. I know we've got some stuff lined up for the. For the Substack, I know you've been listen. You've been making waves with your hot takes on the the Barbie movie, the Barbie um, world. Yeah. Listen, this is what <laughs> guys. This is what I love about Stephen. You you refuse you refuse to be popular with anybody, man. You you are making no friends. But I really liked. Uh, to be honest, I really liked your thoughtful analysis of Barbie, which I have not seen yet. Transparently. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a good uh, a window into some of uh, what you can f- uh, expect and find on on Stephen's work online and on the the podcast coming up. Now, yeah, well, we're we're both part of it here at uh, at this is the this is the way and you know the walk the way podcast and and YouTube channel. So yeah, just just keep up with us. I think next uh, for the podcast and for YouTube is is looking a little bit more at the Barbie movie because there's been a lot of discourse around what that movie is about on the surface versus what it is about underneath. And uh, yeah, so that's that's what you can read about at least over at thisistheway.substack.com. I'm going to be posting here in the next day uh, that Barbie take about mm. the message of of the movie. So I hope everyone will enjoy that. But in the meantime, yeah, just keep an eye on the podcast feed. You know, we have both short form and long form episodes that will be going into the feed stuff to get your day started off right with just sort of a short little bit of wisdom to begin uh, your day as you're getting started. Uh, and then these longer form episodes where we'll discourse a little bit more at length. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And if you're listening, this is where I'm, I'm going to be the shameless um, podcaster guy. Uh, we're new in the iTunes store and the Apple Podcast store, so uh, it's it's a big time. If you are listening, if you are within the sounds of our voices, uh, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. It makes a big difference as we launch the show. Uh, if YouTube's your thing, make sure you subscribe. It's Walk the Way. You can find it on YouTube, um, and you'll find a good number of videos that we... Um, Stephen, you covered a few topics that we haven't covered here on the on the podcast. You'll find clips of clips of the podcast here as well um, as as longer form like YouTube proper content. So uh, make sure you're subscribed uh, to both the podcast, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get them, as well as the YouTube channel. Um, this is the way That is the home base. Uh, make sure you are subscribed if you have not yet. Uh, 
like I say, me and Steven are writing every week uh, about all things uh, popular culture and the uh, the virtues and vices found within um, as we just stumble our way to trying to make uh, trying to learn some lessons that help us, us live a better life. That's 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 what we're doing right here. Um, Steven, where can people find you online? Oh, I, lo- I lost him for a second. <laughs> Stephen lost power. <laughs> All right, as 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 my phone, uh, ladies and gents, that's that that that's our sign. That's our sign. Perfect timing. Uh, you can find Stephen online. It's at at Stephen underscore Kent eighty nine. Uh, you can find me at the Riley guy, R I L E Y, the Riley guy on X, Twitter, whatever it is, uh, and Instagram. It's probably easier that way. Um, until next time. May the force be with you.